Hello there and welcome to The Brave, a podcast all about resilience and dealing with the challenges and complexity of life in the 21st century. I'm your host Beth Vincent and in each episode we do a dive into a different aspect of resilience or a topic related to resilience, whether that's physical, emotional, mental or the resilience of places and systems. So this week we have a kind of a personal resilience topic which is conflict and specifically navigating conflict and conflict is very interesting I come from a family where uh, conflict is kind of aired very vocally Uh, we were quite a (laughs) my mum's gonna kill me for talking about this and we were quite a shouty family and that I think has influenced me very much to be someone who is a conflict I don't want to say seeker I don't necessarily go out and try and create conflict um but I'm not someone who shies away from it and I generally feel quite comfortable in conflict-filled situations I don't mind kind of speaking my mind and dealing with people who have different views from me but there are kind of um I guess two different approaches there's either conflict seekers like me who value directness and honesty and airing things out and then there are people who are perhaps a bit more on the conflict avoider spectrum. So they value harmony and relationships and keeping the status quo and don't like to get into conflicted situations where they have to come up against another person or a group of people and essentially jeopardise the harmony and relationships that they value. But the thing is, I think a lot of people get very anxious when it comes to conflicts. And I actually think that whilst there are these kind of two styles, the avoider and the seeker, most people are a bit of a combination of both, depending on the situation. So as I said, I'm someone who is, I I generally at work feel pretty okay in situations where there's perhaps disagreeing views and stuff like that. I feel like I'm very confident in kind of airing my opinions and trying to come to a constructive conclusion. But in other situations, I am definitely a conflict avoider. So um, to give an example, you know, if I'm at a restaurant and something isn't quite right or, you know, just just little things where perhaps you haven't got quite the right dish or the steak isn't the right rareness or whatever I would much rather and maybe this is kind of the British aspect of me but I'd much rather not say anything and kind of be like that's fine no everything's great and not cause a scene I think I'm very much I'm happy in conflict in situations where I I'm in control in a way and at work you know generally these are situations you're comfortable in you know the people you're dealing with you kind of know what to expect but when it's situations where I don't know the other people and I don't know what to expect and I don't know what they're thinking I find conflict a a lot more difficult and I think the thing to say is that either style conflict voider or seeker neither style has um is wrong essentially neither style is bad um they just have their pros and cons depending on the situation you're in and i think you have to remember that avoiders are probably people who are typically very good at relationships and that's actually kind of a strength in some way that they're very good at preserving relationships and keeping relationships going so you can see things in both lights now i think There are a couple of things when it comes to being in conflict-filled situations and some kind of tips, I guess, I want to kind of give you from my own experience about how I deal 
with conflict and try and come to a again constructive conclusion to things and not kind of walk away with everyone feeling like what the hell was that conversation that was ridiculous and we've got no kind of outcome and I think that's always the worst worst thing for me I hate conflict where it doesn't end with anything positive or negative there's no kind of resolution Um, and that actually probably is why I am a bit of a conflict seeker because I like seeking out resolutions to things and problems and whatever and I often have to think before I get into a conflict or I I approach a situation that could be um, tension filled or full of different opinions I have to think am I leaping into this am I kind of up to this because there is something here that actually needs to be resolved we really need to talk about it or should I be kind of letting letting this go you know is it worth it um is it okay just to kind of leave this and could I be kind of doing nothing in these types of situations more often So when you get into a conflict or you start to have a disagreement with someone, it's a natural response to kind of focus on you and what you need out of the conversation, what you're looking for, the outcome that you think is best. And so you generally don't ask the question before you enter into a conflict about, you know, am am I wrong or how could I be wrong in this situation? Is there something perhaps I don't know about, you know, kind of more context here that I'm not aware of that would make my position less tenable in a way? Um, And that's really not a natural question, I guess, for humans to ask. Um, we like to be like, okay, right, what are the things that back me up? How am I right? You know, we we want to kind of default to this position of I am correct in my opinions and um, (laughs) I I know exactly what's going on here and I understand the entirety of everything. I have all the information I need. But generally, I think actually in most conversations and conflicts I've been in, I haven't had the full picture. And you get into this very kind of entrenched position within yourself where where essentially no matter what the outcome of the conflict is, because you're so convinced that you're right, you won't accept any other outcome other than yours. And you won't actually be asking those deeper questions that would actually make the conflict in some situations more kind of productive. You know, if this is about finding kind of an outcome for things and getting that outcome, if the outcome isn't kind of right or ignores some really kind of key things then actually it's probably not that useful to you and the other people so can you go into a situation and think about how you might be wrong and you might be absolutely right you know (laughs) I'm not saying that's every time I'm absolutely right but there are occasions where you know I have really thought things through and I do understand every position but as long as I kind of have that conversation with myself before I go into the wider conversation with other people I do feel like I have a bit more of a balanced view about what's going on and also I guess this links to kind of finding alternatives for conflict because I think for me there's a bit of a difference between a conversation that is um, a a conflict between people you know it's argumentative there is a right there is a wrong and that's how everything's kind of couched in the way the discourse goes or there's having a conversation to try and have find some common ground and um, essentially kind of work out what's going on and hopefully find an outcome that is mutually beneficial to both sides and I think if you can approach a conversation and this helps actually if you're a conflict avoider instead of 
of going into it thinking, okay, this is going to be contentious, this is going to be full of tension, if you can approach it in a mindset of like, okay, there's this issue, and I want to work with this person to find a good outcome for both of us. It's kind of using that psychology of things to almost help yourself bring your kind of tension down within yourself, but also give yourself kind of the room for empathy, the room not to be in an entrenched position to talk to the other side. And I think if you do get into a conversation where things do get really, really heated and um, there are, you know, maybe some egos you have to deal with or just the the conversation is about something that people feel extremely passionate about again going into it having that empathy for other people understanding why they're so passionate about it perhaps why they're kind of digging into a certain position but I think going into things and thinking you know I do this kind of if I rarely have conflicts with friends actually um, and they're normally played out over like whatsapp with emojis but if I do have a conflict in person with friends you know I, I try and go into it thinking about almost thinking about it like you know this is like a but it sounds weird but this is a business conversation and I'm going to be calm I'm going to be rational and I'm going to approach this like I was talking to a business acquaintance not a friend because I think again if you have very strong emotions come into things that that can really throw conversations and I found myself with friends who maybe they're doing something I disagree with but you know I care a lot about them and them being happy and that kind of makes me uh, say things potentially I regret in the future that has happened um, you know but I say things in a very emotive way that kind of riles them up more um, if I approach things in this kind of more calm and rational position generally the outcome is more calm and rational generally the conversation is so much more rational and I think language and tone are very very important in kind of bringing a conversation back to a place where you can have a constructive talk with someone and hopefully a constructive outcome and I think one of the things to maybe think about while you're in a a kind of conflict discussion um, when when you go to say something think about you know would I be comfortable saying what I'm saying to this person you know if it's a one-on-one or to this group of people in front of a wider group of people let's say um, other colleagues or my boss or my peers my friends and if the answer is no You really shouldn't say it. You know, you need to stop talking like now, immediately. And yes, we've talked about kind of the importance of empathy and going into these these situations, kind of understanding other people's positions. But I think it's also important to understand yourself and kind of your bottom line, your kind of values, the points when you'll walk away, the things that you won't back down on. And I think, again, this is always a concern for me for the conflicts where I'm more of an avoider. I think it's because I'm a little bit worried I'm going to either get in a situation that I don't kind of understand and it will be a bit awkward or I'm going to give ground over something that I feel really strongly about. Um, Or, you know, potentially there's the opportunity for that to happen. But if you're really clear on, okay, right, I know I'm going to go into this argument, for want of a better word. Um, The ideal outcome for me is that X person understands that this is my position. um, And but if they can't understand that, um, I would be happy if they at least took, you know, this on board. But what I absolutely need out this conversation is for them to understand my position on this. 
even if they don't agree with it, I need to kind of drill that into their head. And again, if, if you're in a kind of more of a negotiation environment, it is having that kind of like bottom line where you're like, look, if, if this doesn't happen, if we can't agree on this, I'm sorry, I can't take the conversation forward or I can't continue along these lines. We need to think of a different way of dealing with this. And actually going into it, kind of knowing that gives you, gives you a bit more confidence to go into these conversations. I think as someone who is comfortable with conflict generally, um, there are some benefits to being able to go into these situations. And I think it, by avoiding conflict, it, it generally means you, you make almost kind of difficult trade-offs to pro- to almost preserve your relationships. So you might trade off something that you're, is really meaningful to you or your work or that you need just to preserve a relationship. And while relationships are really important, if you're compromising in yourself, compromising yourself in that way, that's actually potentially going to cause more problems down the road. And I actually do believe in this idea of conflict debt. And that's almost like the sum of all the undiscussed and unresolved issues that stand in the way of progress. And especially if, if you're on... Um, if you're at work and you're on a team that just can't, cannot deal with conflict, it never gets aired, things never get resolved. And you, you know when a team is avoiding conflict it, because they can't generally can't make decisions and generally there are these kind of underlying tensions and they tend to have a lot of meetings that don't seem to go anywhere. And um, this kind of conflict debt does build up and it, it generally... I've found in the past throughout my career, there are instances where that debt has to be repaid very, very quickly. You know, things kind of explode and they get they get almost like taken out of proportion because people kind of reach this point where they can't, they almost reach an impasse and they can't let this kind of like stuff simmer below the surface. Whereas if, um, if maybe things have been kind of uh, allowed to be let out, you know, like I'm trying to think of a good analogy, but you know when you open up like a... Um, a, a pop bottle god who says pop now in like the 21st century when you open a pop bottle it's been shaken if you kind of open it one go it all kind of spurts out everywhere but if you gently degas it a little bit at a time you relieve that pressure and you avoid this massive kind of explosion because conflict avoided really is conflict just postponed my final kind of tip for um, dealing with conflict comes from personal experience in that a lot of the conversations I have put off or I've really feared, you know, conversations with bosses and whatever, where I've kind of like thought about them the week before and got really anxious and, and the het up and really worried about them because, you know, I might be asking for something I'm not sure they're going to give me or, you know, it just might be about a difficult topic that I perhaps think they're going to be a bit angry about. Generally, actually, the conversations have always gone a hell of a lot better than my worst imagination. And I think if you are a conflict avoider, uh, again, it's this kind of idea of you're kind of letting the pressure build by not having that conversation. And there's a lot of power in instead of avoiding things like choosing the time and place you want to have this conversation, you know, kind of saying, right, um, I know that generally at the end of the day, this this person I want to have this com- difficult conversation with will be in a better mood because it's Friday afternoon or whatever and they're, they're happy to go home for the weekend. They'll feel a bit more relaxed. I want to have it in a private space, so I'm going to try and catch them, you know, in this meeting room or wherever. So you're in control. You're choosing the time. You're choosing the place. 
you you can then almost kind of construct a bit of a kind of plan of attack around things. So I'm going to start off with this kind of um, outline the problem that I'm having and again, do it in that calm, rational, business-like way. And then you can kind of think about, okay, if the conversation does go really downhill, these are almost like my my points, my, my absolute values that I'm going to stick to, the things I will not give way on. But you can also then think about like, actually, these are the things I do have some flexibility over, especially if they can give me some more context to help me understand their position. And again, that kind of prior preparation and really preparing your mindset for going into this conversation really, really helps. And like I said, all of the conversations I've ever had that I've been dreading have gone a lot better, especially when I've done that preparation. And also just remember, if you are a conflict avoider, there are many, many benefits to that, as we've talked about. But also if you're a conflict seeker and you find yourself in these situations often, there can be some downsides to that, for sure. Uh, and as a conflict seeker in a, a kind of a family relationship situation, I can definitely attest to that. But also, you know, you're kind of, you are airing things, you are relieving that pressure. So don't shy away from that. Just do it in a constructive and also a respectful way to the other person. A little bit of respect goes so, so far. Um, And, you know, bringing people to your level, getting them to understand you, have that empathy for you, which is generally the best conversations happen when people have empathy for both sides. But that can't happen unless you have empathy for the other person. So I hope you enjoyed this kind of quick fire episode into the world of conflict with some kind of examples from my world of conflict <laughs> and um, if you want to find out more about the podcast you can find us online at the brave listen on twitter and instagram we also are on the web at uh, bethanvincent.com forward slash the brave podcast and if you're interested in coming on the show please do give me a bell we do do interviews with people so um about specific topics to do resilience so i'm looking for people and particularly want to talk about uh, environmental resilience or the resilience of um, businesses in particular are some topics we've had listeners ask for but also you know if you have a story from your life that you think is really interesting and impactful love to hear from you and finally if you want to leave me a rating and a review I would love that that would be great that just means more people get to find out about the podcast basically um and more listeners means well I don't really know what it means it just means that uh I'm doing something that people enjoy and I'd love to do that so anyway uh until next week thank you so much